Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, which is in session this year. And we have about uh, almost uh, 20 students. We have 19 students here this year. That's right. And we want you to be a student. If you're that age bracket, we'd love for you to come for one year of college here at the Nicolay Bible Institute. So go to the website. NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Go, go there, take a look at it, and uh, sign up. And hopefully we'll be able to see you here as a student at Nicolay Bible in the future. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere. It's, you know, low class ratio, but you get to do a lot of fun stuff. And so... Low class doesn't mean um, poor. No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah this that. isn't a low class <laughs> neighborhood. I, for- I forgot how literal you were. Low class. Are we in neighborhood? No, we're not in a neighborhood. I mean, we're in a neighborhood with trees. I know. I went hunting last night in this neighborhood. You went went hunting, huh? I did. I've been hunting. I haven't seen a deer yet. (laughs) Really? I think there's some deer around here. There are, and I see them when I'm not hunting. That's usually what happens. They taunt you. They do. They come. They stick out their tongue and they put their little hooves in between their antlers and wave their fingers at me. That kind of stuff. Mm, Yes. Yeah, I don't like it. It is the season, though. It is. I have this fancy crossbow, and I'm sitting out there waiting for these deer to walk by, and they don't. They're not even using the new deer highway, huh? Well, you know what? They are. I can see their footprints. It snowed the other day, so I can see their footprints. <laughs> I know where they're at. Did they write Dave in the no, footprints? You know, they could have, but they, I, they're there. They're just not there when I'm there. <laughs> I got to change my cologne or something. I'm uh, not sure. Is, yeah, I need true. to put on, you know, deer dirt cologne. That's right. Or something like that. Yeah, they do have spray bottles. They get spray all over you. Yeah, I want. I want. I want. Soap you can use. You can go all in, Dave. I read some of this. That's that. You know, it's deer urine. I want to throw that all over me. No, I don't want I, to. I I give it two years. I don't want to do that. I give it two years. I don't want to do that. All right. Two years from now. I want to attract. Note. I want to attract decent, nice deer that do nice things. And not chase other deer because they smell like deer urine. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I making myself clear? Yes. I want a certain kind of deer. Very high, high, high end, end. High, high end. end. Yeah, yeah. I never mind. That's we, not what we're here to talk about. We digress. About. We digress. Yo, how do we get on deer? I, anyway. To, yes, anyway. I want to ask you a question. Perspective. I think we should talk about perspective a little bit. There are things going on in our country that are just hard to deal with sometimes. And um, I think for me, anyway, as a 64-year-old guy, I, I'm not watching news. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear all the ads. The ads are getting crazy. Have you ever seen – are you watching TV at all? Uh, not – I mean, I not hugely. The no. ads are amazing. They're, yeah. they're, the ads cannot be truthful. Because they contradict each other. And one ad will come on, the next ad will come on, and they'll say opposite things. Hmm. My question is, in, you know, all of these news places, television places, whatever, that take ads. Yep. Have they no responsibility at all? If you have money, can you put an ad out there that says anything, and it can be a total lie, and you have to play it? Uh, apparently. Okay, because I'm wondering what the rules are. Apparently. I, I mean, I don't know, because sometimes they get caught. Yeah, but... But not when it comes to political life. So in politics, lying has become normal? I suppose. I mean, technically, hasn't it always been normal? Well, 
Yeah, <laughs> Fortunately, but more so. In your lifetime, so. yes. More so. I think in your lifetime. In my yeah. lifetime, yeah. Yeah, maybe in mine too. In my mo- most recent. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I didn't pay attention to politics when I was young. So I grew up in Chicago. We know that you voted early and often and you, yeah, those kinds of things. So I really didn't pay attention. I think you're still voting in Chicago. Yeah. No? <laughs> uh, my so, dad is. Some, he, somebody he, on your behalf. My dad is. And he's been oh, dead 30 that's years. Right, that's right. <laughs> Somehow his vote gets counted. I thought I saw him politician. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> What's his name on this ballot for? <laughs> Oh, man, we shouldn't laugh about that. But, but bottom line really is, I mean, you look at, I, I wonder why we as a culture can't clean that up. Mm. I've written actually a TV executive and asked them why they play ads that are lies. I, I don't know which ones are total lies. Sometimes I do because I know some of the stands that they take. Mm-hmm. But I don't know all of them. I just know that if you have one ad that says something that's, polar opposite of the other one and they both claim to be the truth one of them is telling a lie mm-hmm. that's all yeah and why is it that media people can wash their hands of that and say well they pay us for this so we put it on the air yeah um just for the media people that might be listening which are probably zero yeah uh, i have chosen not to watch news until after the election and any other television program that has ads. If yeah. I can't record it and skip the ad, I'm not I'm not watching it. Yeah. You know, this morning I actually caught a headline and in Utah, the governor race, I don't know if you saw this or not, is that the two opposed there's a Democrat and a Republican running for governor right. and they actually did an ad together. Did they? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I, I, I just remembered it now during our discussion, but uh, they decided to try something different. They want to show that that you can disagree without hating each other. And so they wanted to do something different than the national political dialogue. Well, so they actually did an ad, uh, an ad together. So I think that I, I think that's what we need more of. Right. Because we've talked about that before. Is it's become more about these false attacks, whether they're false or not. It's more attacking the person rather than the policies. Right. You know. And so here's two guys that are like, all right. But you know why they do that? Because they say it works. Yeah. So really, what they're telling you is. The way that we win is by beating somebody else up. Yeah. Is that the kind of country we want to live in? I, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's like, no. really? You got to beat somebody up and demean them in order to win? Right. I don't think we need to do that. But that's what politics has, has come to. Yeah. And uh, so I don't understand that. Here's my suggestion. So if you're a TV executive and you're listening to this program, and if you're not, um, Go find a TV executive and ask him to listen to this program. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make a suggestion. During the next political cycle, which I guess starts the day after the election. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. But during the next political cycle, don't play any political ads. And I'll bet you your station will go off the charts with people watching it. Mm. And get ads for oatmeal and other things that really are not controversial. Yeah. And play them. And, and I'll bet you that your numbership, the, the, the viewership, is going to go nuts because people are so tired of these ads. They're doing what I do. Most of the people in my circles that I talk to are no longer watching television or news because they don't want to see the ads. I wonder if news workers, and maybe if you're a news worker listening to this, if you're in that world of things, this is just a curiosity thing because we always hear about how much money is spent on advertising. 
Do those people get a bonus for playing all these ads since they bring in so much more money? Oh, I'm sure they probably do. It's like Black Friday for the news industry. Right. Right? Yeah. You know. No, it, but it's, it's it's like the Super Bowl, but for like four months. Yeah, but it's not know, even but it's not even like entertaining ads. It's no. just like turn it off. It's like going to my mailbox now. You know, it's just like, oh, do I have to throw out more stuff? Yeah. <laughs> how how many little postcards are you getting? Oh, at least three a day. <laughs> I don't even read them. Do you know it. what they say? No. Me neither. No, I see a pi- either a picture of Trump or a picture of Biden or maybe Pelosi or somebody else. And, so in the and real the world, if you're a politician or working on a party somewhere or whatever, understand that the real people in the world, like Jason and myself, two different generations, we don't even read your cards and we think it's ridiculous that you send them out. Yeah. And I would love, and I don't mean this in a demeaning sense, but if you are one that avidly reads those postcards, I would love to meet you. <laughs> I really, and just kind of pick your brain. Yeah, I, I don't mean that in the me- demeaning sense. You think there's people- I've yet to meet somebody that actually reads them. That's that's all I'm saying. Do you think people put them in frames and, and use them for artwork? You you would have <laughs> you'd have to have a mansion, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't have enough wall space for that. Oh man, you know how much? I don't know how much they're going to spend on the presidential election this year, but lots. Oh, and I, I think know. it's a waste of money. I think so too. I think that people, we could change the way elections are done by stop everybody, both sides of the part, both sides, stop donating money. Yeah. Make them talk to each other in a public forum on the issues in a decent way. Yeah. Either that or make them put out their stand and Well, and they'll it. say that they can't even do that. Look at the debates. Well, that I'm saying change that. Yeah. The, right. the debates aren't debates. No, they're not. Have they're you ever not. had a debate class? Uh, it's been a long time. Okay, but- you didn't do what they do. No. No, I'm not sure what theirs is. They come in with their own agenda of what they're going to say. I mean, even the moderators come in with their own agenda. I know. And so they say what they're going to say regardless of the question. Even, even the town hall is stacked with their own agenda. Go ahead. Ask me a political question. I'll play, I'll play politician and answer it. <laughs> ask me one. What is the color of an orange? Well, you know what? I think that my opponent would tell you that the Vietnam War was not something we should have fought. <laughs> That's the political that, answer. That was actually a very clever tie-in. Because wasn't Agent Orange used? Yeah, it was. That was good. It was. But you I know, the, the bottom that. the bottom line really is, when I, if ever I watch those silly debates, which I don't, well, sometimes they get on because a member of my family likes watching them. But the, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't like watching them. But the bottom line really is, that's the kind of answers I'm hearing. I'm going, answer the question. Yeah. They asked you a question answer the question yep i know we're letting the whole world hear our frustration here's what the media and news people who are listening to this program need to know stop it yes let's stop the ads completely if i'm a station be the unique station that doesn't play political ads during the political session right you'll have a viewership that's just absolutely nuts right Everybody stop watching the debates until they change the format. I think that the, uh, personally, I think the NBA and the NFL are going to learn that people are tired of a constant commentary on what you think. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not watching football anymore. Yeah. I didn't watch any basketball this year. Right. I'm just tired of the constant commentary. Yeah. Play the game and they're going, well, we have the right to. You certainly have the right to, so do what you want. Right. This is America, and I applaud that. And I have the right to turn it off. Right. And I did. And I'm not going to watch it again until you just play basketball. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to watch football again until you just play football. 
I, yeah. I don't want to hear all that. Right. And so I'll respect your right to say whatever you want, and I think you need to respect the right of us that aren't football players or basketball players to say we're not watching it anymore. And as long as we can respectfully disagree on that, let's go about our way. And I also just don't want to give any money to the NFL or the NBA at this point and support whatever they're doing. Yeah. Play, play the game and enjoy the game and get the politics out of the game. Yeah, totally. That's my thought. I agree. I agree. I am old, though. Okay. <laughs> did, we, did we solve any of the problems now of the world? We did make suggestions. It we wasn't did, just yes. a complaint. That's right. That's right. Um, when I was younger, I remember I was told, don't be one who criticizes, be one who uses constructive criticism. Yeah. Which basically means, here's what we could do differently. Yeah. And I, I think we suggested that. I think let's pressure some station to stay away from political ads and ask the NBA and the, the NFL to quit politicizing everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, as a citizen, as somebody who used to enjoy those things, yeah, I would come back. But until then, I probably won't. And we'll see how mm -hmm. that works. And actually, the, I guess we're getting used to not watching it anyway. So right. There's other things out there. All right. Perspective, though. Yeah. Do you know how many children are missing a year in our country? This would be according to Florenio Whitewell, if I pronounced her name well. Well, get it? Of the U.S. <laughs> Marshal Service. Florenio Whitewell said there are this many missing kids a year in our country. Do you know how many? I don't. 430,000. 430,000. That's almost a half a million. Yep. How many cases of COVID have we had? Cases? I no, I mean deaths. Deaths. 210, I think. Yeah. Let's just round it off at 250. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Perspective-wise. I have not heard about missing kids, but I hear about COVID like 400 times a day on my news feed. Yeah. What, why aren't we talking about what's important? It's, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, given it's a virus, I understand that. I understand people are dying, but here every year, this isn't like a pandemic with young people. This is every year. That's what I'm told. And now, again, I can't substantiate these numbers. This is what Florinio of the U.S. Marshal Service said. Mm -hmm. So if that's true, let's say it's even half that. Yeah. Say it's 210,000. That's still as much at this point as killed in, uh, in our epidemic or our pandemic. Mm. Now... This is really hard to even put in perspective because people might be thinking, all right, you're minimizing this disease, and I have a friend who died from it. I'm really not minimizing it. Right. I mean, people get this disease. For some people, it's tragic, and they die. Yeah. Um, in this last year, we lost my mother-in-law to, we're not even sure. I think she had a heart attack. She was about 90 years old and died. We lost my father-in-law with a Parkinson's disease. These are real diseases that take people. Mm -hmm. COVID is a real disease. Uh, flu is a real disease. These are things that affect our nation and our people. And I think that the, the logic should dictate that if somebody is sick for some reason, they should stay home yeah. so they don't spread it. Um, so there's something good that came out of, I think, the pandemic. Not, yeah. not, I'm not rooting for the pandemic, so don't take that out of, out of context. Yeah. I think there's something good, though. And the good is... 
that people should realize that when they're not feeling well, and they should have some way to measure that. Yeah. If they're not feeling well, they should stay home so they don't spread their disease to other people. It's yeah. really that simple. Mm-hmm. And if we come out of it that way, we'll be a healthier nation with flu and other transmittable you know, diseases uh, mm-hmm. down the road. Is that hard to do, though? you got kids in school. If they're not feeling well, do you still send them to school? No. Well, okay, then. And they, we, we that did that before. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. Growing up, that was just common sense. If you're not feeling well. I mean, obviously, kids get. Oh, that's generational, man. You know. Because in my generation, are you dead? No. Go to school. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I did cry the first time I had, I had to miss school. So I, I, I just it was a different mentality. And there might be people on the air yeah. being like, you did what? Yeah. yeah. It was in fourth grade. I still remember to this day. It was in fourth grade. And it was our f- first family trip to Disney World down in Florida. And so I had to leave a day early so we can travel down there. And I threw the biggest tantrum because I did not want to miss my very first day of school. Whoa. I had yet to miss a day. Wow. You're different than I was. So then every day after that that I missed school, I blame my parents. I'm like, well, you're the ones who talk. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I had this where I could, if I got up real fast, I would, I would get faint, turn pale, sweat, you know, like. In that order? Whatever. They all, they all happen at once. But it really is low blood pressure. You know, I mean, you get oh, up. Sure. And, and I saw if, if I got up real fast, I could get real sick for a little bit. Sure. So if I didn't want to go to school, I'd just get up fast, go, and then i hit the floor. My mom would come in, and before you know it, you know, she'd think I've had the flu, and I'm going, yeah. You know, about 20 minutes later, I'm feeling good, but yeah. I'm not in school. So that was even better. For, for me, I look for ways not to go. Totally, totally. Yeah. You know, and as we, as we talk about even, like, the, the pandemic and, and benefits, if I should say, I'm not saying that the pandemic has right. been great, but I would say another key benefit, key takeaway is the importance of relationships. Yep. You know, we've talked about it time and time again on the show, Dave. Yep. You know, about the importance of relationships. But I feel like this pandemic really drove that home for a lot of people. Um, and especially here in America, because I think a lot of us um, are in this culture where it's almost as if life is about work. Yeah. You know, and making money and all that. And it still is out there. I mean, that's still the talk, uh, you know, about the coronavirus. It seems like it's it, there's the death count and then there's the economy count. Right. Um, but in reality, it's just like, when did we lose sight of just doing life together? Like to me, I thought it was like in the springtime when you hear about Walmart being out of bikes and fishing poles to me, it was like, huh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, um, if there could be something quote unquote cool that can come out of a pandemic. Well, I think there is. And I think you have to look at the positive side because, you know, we've, done our best to keep silver birch ranch operating you actually are in charge of the summer programming and a lot of the weekends that go on and we keep working at getting people here yeah and i think they've responded well because they so enjoyed being here right and they so had a renewed excitement about the fact that they could look at each other be together and do things together and that's been fun to minister to groups that Mm -hmm. that basically have actually appreciated being together yeah where I think years gone by, it was getting a little stale for them, mm. you know. But now it's a, a special thing again because they can do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I think so. families, too, have, have learned to spend more time together mm-hmm. and enjoy each other in a different way. Yeah. Um, I also have read that 
abuses are up. And again, we have 430,000 missing kids. And Right. I, yeah, I, it, there it, has it, been some sad things yeah. that have come out of it. You yeah. know, there's been increase in suicide and increase in all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Well, I would suggest uh, that you pay attention to your community and your neighborhood and uh, that you watch out. If we've got 430,000 missing kids in our country, there must be some way to know when a kid is missing and know the signs of something that's not right and act ahead of time. So maybe we're all too focused on our own lives at this point. And, you know, that the pandemic could have hurt Mm. because uh, even uh, the last two weeks, you know, I've been in quarantine. Yeah. Which everyone now knows what that means. It doesn't mean that you're leprous or anything. It, It basically means you saw somebody who saw somebody who knew somebody who actually had corona. So now you've got to stay home for Oh, I thought weeks. you were going to say that sneezed or something. No. And it, so, but I'm just coming out of that Yep. at this point. And my wife and I did not get sick. Nope. We took our temperatures, did everything every day, made sure. And so we're, we're fine. But the, the bottom line is you look at it and, and you think, all right, even during that two-week period, you know, I worked alone. My wife was alone. You can get to where you don't check up on each other, where you don't see what's going on in the people in your neighborhood or your church or know anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And there could be disaster going on around you. Yeah. That in a normal relational situation, somebody would pick up on. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, I want to encourage people your age, my age, don't drop the relational side of people around you right now. Right. It's a, a you know, if you notice somebody struggling, go talk to them. Mm-hmm. And if you notice something that's not right, don't ignore it. Yeah. Start to move towards it a little bit and see what you can do to help correct it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's huge. And even as, you know, because there will be a point where we get on the other side of this pandemic. And so I think the other thing is that whenever we get to that point is to, to take the lessons learned and go forward, you know, especially when it comes to relationship and community uh, with the people around you. You know, don't take it for granted. Right. You know, and l- I think we need to go back with this 430,000 missing kids. I would love for parents who are listening to be re-energized with the idea that they are responsible for the health, education, and welfare of their children. Don't let anyone else do that. Yeah. You may send them to school. I'm not saying you need to homeschool, but you are still responsible for what they learn. Mm-hmm. If they go to school, do you ever ask your, your sons when they come home what they learned? Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, was it the standard answer I gave when I went to school? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What was know. your favorite part of the day? Recess. Yeah, recess. <laughs> Jim. Jim. Yeah. Uh, Lunch. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny hit, you know, Joey. It was cool. Blood was all over. Yeah. yeah th- those kinds of things as a kid. Okay. We well, When you get through that, do you ever hear what they actually are thinking? Oh, yeah. We keep pushing them and... Yeah. And it's fun. You know, it's fun to see what's going on, to see them learning and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know what I find, too? Uh, one of the, the ways that you can really get into your kid's head is not to ask them direct questions. Right. Just go do stuff with them. Yep. Just go do stuff. They open up and talk when you do stuff. So in your case, you can go out and split wood or you can go out and, and you know, do different things around your house. And, and while you're working, they usually start talking to you. Mm-hmm. And if you start telling them stories about when you went to school, yeah, it sets the stage for them to tell stories about what's going on in school. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they're, they're seeing, oh, yeah, you can share stories of what school life was like. Yep. 
And then you could say, is that how it is in your school? Now what you're doing is getting the information of what's going on at school without asking them, how was your day? Who said what? Mm -hmm. Because I think when you do those more direct questions, they just turn off. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important is just to learn it. Learn how to, it all goes back to relationships. Learn how to do relationships. Learn how to talk to people. Yep. Um, which unfortunately part of this pandemic has forced people to be more online and get sick of zoom and all that sort of stuff. But yep. uh, you still need to communicate, you know, and, yeah. and, and like we said, you know, we're talking about perspective. Um, and so the, the, the perspective in this is that there, there's always going to be something in life that is going to be taking somebody's life that is going to be taking, you know, in this case, somebody's kids. Um, and, and the reality is, is the perspective is, is that this earth is only temporary because all of this stuff is signs of the curse of sin. Right. And that's not how God initially intended it. And that's why he sent Jesus to fix this. Yeah. And that's why Jesus is coming back to eventually eradicate this forever and usher in the new heaven and new earth where there's no presence of sin left. And that's the perspective that we that we need to, to continually remind ourselves on, even in the everyday, because that's our hope. That's our unchanging hope um, in each circumstance. Yeah, and you know, you as a parent, if you're a parent listening, and Jason is a, is a parent, and me is a, an old parent, but a grandparent kind of age, the Bible gives you very explicit instructions that you don't want to ignore on children. God takes very seriously the molding of children. They need to be molded in the likeness of Christ, and they're going to learn that by watching you. So you need to take your relationship with God seriously. Yeah. In Deuteronomy 6, 5 to 9, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Take to heart these words I give you today. And then there's a period there, and it goes on, and it says this. Repeat them to your children. Mm. Repeat them. In other words, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your strength. And you need to listen to what God says. You need to repeat them to your children. And then that famous part of this verse that goes on, talk about them when you're at home or away, when you lie down or get up. Write them down. Tie them around your waist, your wrist. Wear them as headbands as a reminder. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. If you don't get from that verse the urgency and the importance of it, is, uh, of it, it, it the idea of parents displaying who God is to their children, then you're not getting what that passage means. You have a responsibility as a parent to talk with your children about who God is. You have the responsibility to live in a way that shows that you love the Lord your God with all your heart. Don't delegate that to a, a youth pastor. No. Don't delegate that to a youth worker. Don't delegate that to a camp counselor. Don't delegate that to a school teacher. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. That's your responsibility. Yes. And so the children in our nation can have great hope for the future if the parents would love the Lord their God with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind. So yeah. that's my encouragement as an old guy to you young parents. Uh, you do it first. You do it in a way. Do stuff with your family, with your kids. Don't just sit and stare at them and ask them questions. And make conversation a normal part of your life and make sure God's a part of that conversation and you won't regret that down the road. Absolutely. Well, we're out of time for our conversation today. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com and check out uh, this podcast, uh, previous episodes, or we even have a bunch of other podcasts that we offer there. That way you can download and listen. 
Um, otherwise, feel free to um, continue to check in and tune in to us each and every week. We love having conversations, just talking about life and really just bringing things into perspective to remind us of the hope that we have. And so that's our encouragement for you today. This is Jason Dave here on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.